Welcome to Drinks World, where we celebrate entrepreneurs in the beverage industry. Today's guest is Sean Gatenby. Sean started his career in the banking and finance world in London before he found his niche at Process Sales, a division of Imana Foods. Sean now heads up the sales and merchandising business responsible for spa house brands. In this episode, Sean takes us behind the scenes of this 10-year-old business. My name is Holger Meyer and this is Drinks World. Today we are visiting Sean Gatenby at his offices in Lelouchia overlooking the beautiful Umklanga coast. Sean is the managing director of Spa Engage. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks, Holger. Great to have you here. And Sean and I were at Varsity together in Marisburg. And Sean, what did you study there? I did my BIAC and then I did articles back in Durban at at a a firm called Kessel Feinstein, who then became Grant Thornton. Passed my board exam on the third attempt for auditing, strangely, but uh, anyway, I managed to get through it. Uh, and uh, I qualified in 1997 um, and then went overseas to, to London, where I worked in, in, in the bank finance type of area for, for a couple of years in, in, in London. Uh, got married, Claire and I went across uh, and uh, spent a further couple of years in, in, in London. Great, managed to travel a lot, managed to uh, learn a lot. Uh, we learned that I wasn't keen on living in a place like London where it was cold, wet and damp <laughs> for forever and missed South Africa and missed Durban and also worked out that I wasn't that keen to bring up kids in that area and also that um, banking and finance wasn't really for me. So okay. with that in mind, um, when I was auditing, there was an Australian firm, a guy I got in quite well with, a guy Steve. Johnson and he headed up a business called, it was a strapping business called RWD Strapping and they had a, a commercial interest in a business in South Africa which was headed in Durban and they had a gap for a general manager to come in there so I got hold of him and uh, we were sort of old, old golf buddies and uh, enjoyed a, a beer and glass of wine together and got on really well and he was happy to have me back to sort of help him out there which which I, which I did and uh, well gladly took uh, being keen to get back to live in Durban and, and have a, a commercial role as opposed to a, a finance role. Um, yeah, so got into that, um, travelled across to Australia a couple of times, also worked out that it wasn't really where I wanted to be. I was happy to, rather far happier being in Durban and uh, enjoying living here, enjoying um, the commercial parts of the business. So yeah, I learnt a lot there. Okay. Uh, and it's, it, it just seems like there's... There is always a, uh, a job in Durban if you really look for it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rather that than having, I mean, rather live in Durban than, than with the weather and the view you have here, as, as you say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think I'm a big believer that uh, Durban has got a lot to offer, and especially on the commercial side, there's a lot of scope and growth. Um, yeah, so I learned a lot with, with that business, uh, and then I was approached by um, uh, one of uh, a friend of ours. Uh, who works in this in the recruitment industry, um, Julian Schlemmer, and uh, he had a position going at um, Amana Foods. And it was a bit of a change, but the role was more into the FMCG area, um, and it certainly interested me. And the Australian business at that stage was either going to exit back to Australia or, or sell. So the timing worked out quite well for me to make the move to, to Amana Foods. Um, and Imana is a, I mean, they're very successful um, mm. Pinetown-based business. Correct, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, fantastic business. Great culture, great leader, and a guy called Paul, Paul Olcock, who, yeah. who really um, 
kind of mentored me quite a lot, pushed me quite hard, but uh, I learned a hell of a lot from him. And uh, he still owns a business. Mm, he does, yeah. yeah. That's a guy. Uh, Paul Alcock, he was really good to us. Yeah. Um, I started off in a trade marketing type position for a brand called Top Class, which was within the Amarna stable, and then um, moved into a trade marketing director position after about a couple of years. And yeah, he, he grew a nice young team and um, worked with him and a guy, Justice and Kamishi, uh, he was the sales director. And he's also still there. Yeah, eh? Justice yeah. is still there, still see Justice. Still share odd Heineken with him every now and again, and uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, and and the great business, great values, um, very much uh, into the community. Uh, I mean, the, the Mana brand does have its sort of uh, heart and soul in the KZN and Trans Guy sort of community. Okay. It's very very strong there. A um, lot of strong trade marketing uh, presence. They a lot of tastings and demos. So there was faith and trust in the product. Uh, and um, oh, great business, great great values. I uh, learned a lot. What happened in the group, it's called the Quadrant Group. You had a minor, you had uh, a business called um, RT Dynamics, which did the f- systems and stuff. Then there's a business called Synergistics that did the um, distribution, w- w- the sort of walls and wheels of the warehousing. Um, and, and and then they own two agency type businesses, which will get you on to where I am now, in a way. Um, one is called Fairlane, based in Johannesburg, and it dealt with largely the independent trade. And then a business called Process Sales. Um, and the guy who who headed that up, Chris Phillips, he moved on and Paul sort of moved me across into that as an MD role, which is a great progression as well. Um, and yeah, that was my first sort of starting in where I am now, which is the sales and merchandising business. And uh, what year was that? It was in 2007. Yeah. Okay. About there, yeah. So about three years of running, of running that business. Great, exciting stuff. Obviously, dealing with a lot of independent trade. In case of then, you've got the likes of IBC, which is your independent buying group, large, big, big retail, big wholesalers who who who, 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 who did deals and traded with. Uh, the wholesalers generally were still quite strong in those days. Um, CBW, the mass cash group. Um, yeah, so we had a big team that. My first start then of, of running a, a large number of merchandising staff and uh, and um, salespeople. Um, and you were merchandising the Imana range. Yeah, and then obviously where those agency businesses, and particularly in those days, had is they had, you had to leverage your 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 footprint. So you have got a number of people, call you a number of stores, and the best way to leverage is to have more than one product to sell. So Imana okay. was a, a good, call it um, strong brand to have in, in the basket, but we had a number of other principles as well who paid us a commission, and that's okay. that's how you you built a business, but. Towards 2010, um, the, biz- the industry started changing quite rapidly. I think there was a lot of consolidation. So you started having national agencies looking after brands, um, specializations into channels. So some people just doing retail channel or, or wholesale channels. And I think a lot has changed and, and it changed quite rapidly at, at that time. Um, that perhaps brings us to where I am today. And that story started about 10 years ago, and uh, twenty end of 2011. So Bruce Hughes, who heads up um, those days, was Monteagle Africa. He was a old school friend of my brother's, Jamie, and also I knew Bruce as well. I knew the family quite well. Bruce's dad, Peter Hughes, was the MD of, of Spa, and Bruce had set up mm-hmm. a very successful independent business supplying private label into a number of channels like Rhino, Shop Checkers, and Spa. But Spa was increasingly becoming the, the cornerstone of, of their business. Um, 
So their business was called Montegal Africa, shareholded by the Marshall family and then and Bruce himself and the guy Anthony Dumas. And, and they they ran that Montegal um, business very successfully and it grew. At the same time, there was a massive growth in the private label space. So private label brands with the trend was strong overseas, started becoming more compelling here. And um, there's a guy, Graham Clarsons, who headed up the spa brand uh, business or, or unit in, in spa itself. And uh, and they worked closely with Bruce and his team. So they started building uh, this business rapidly and it grew from, you know, uh, small numbers to significant numbers and share from quite tiny share into, into big share. Uh, with with the offering that the spa brand was as good as the best for less, but it was more about not just a you know a cheap and nasty. It was a, a well packaged product, uh, priced well, with 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 great quality offering, uh, and and with that they had a lot of success. Um, but the challenge from a sales and merchandising point of view is that most agencies around the country would normally have a, a branded business, a branded product, and then private label will be secondary. So the thought that they had, which I found quite intriguing at the time, was to flip that on its head and say, let's have an, an agency business that just does private label, mm-hmm. uh, which is exactly contrary to what everyone else would do. And then as opposed to, let's use an example, like Aquila Water would be the brand and Spa Water would be the secondary. In this instance, we took Aquila out of the equation and just had Spa Brand Water. And then we added all the Spa Brand products into the equation and said, well, if we had that offering and we built a sales and merchandising business around that, uh, that would do a number of things. It would um, it would give it focus. We need to have a national footprint. We need to be dedicated to one channel, being spa, and we would need to, um, you know, we 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 would given the spa group in particular with the with the retailer owned scenario. You, you know, you need to offer a compelling offering to the the retailer. He needs to see it as as value, but because he's got the ability to buy a voluntary trade, you, you still need the service. So. Mm-hmm. All that whole thing came into melting pot, and when they had a beer with me towards the end of 2011 uh, and, and pitched it to me, I, I jumped at the opportunity, just seeing where the industry had changed with a bit of the background I'd had and, and seeing that that was a really compelling offering, in particular being dedicated to one channel, which means you could do that to distraction. You get to know Spa intimately, you know exactly how it works, you wouldn't have to worry about other retail channels, you could be exclusive there, you could develop your people around understanding the channel, and uh, and that, that, that was the... Um, the start of it really yeah from 2012 we joined so we're coming up to our 10 year next year which is quite something yeah yeah i mean the spa the group because it's all independently owned mm-hmm. they i mean the retailers are essentially your correct your customer absolutely and uh, i mean there's there's healthy and sometimes unhealthy sure. uh, friction between the two between D- dc or, or spa head office and the, and the retailer yeah but uh, your job is then to to kind of manage it. Yeah, as best we can. Look, and Holger, you spot on there. There's a, to me, I've always seen that as a healthy tension, mm. and, and, I, and I, I love the fact that you have um, a, a, a sort of owner managed scenario. So he's the entrepreneur. You know, he's running his business. So if you're going to be selling him something, it best to make sure it mm. offers him value. Uh, we try to get that right as best we can, and the service <laughs> we're giving is, is spot on. Uh, so that healthy tension, I think, is an, an important one because. Um, you know, whilst it has challenges, it also creates opportunities. Yeah. You know, so I think compared to the other corporate channels, where which have their own models and work for them, ours is one which is based on that um, healthy tension, which drives a commercial offering, drives the. Um, you know, obviously we got some strong groups in KZN in particular. You got like uh, Ulrich Kaiser, who was also Marisa Vasti. That's he's done really well. He's got a handful of stores, but 
they've got a number of stores that means they've got critical mass and 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 and, and then you've got smaller type of offering stores i'm not trying to single people out it's more just the dynamic of it which mm. you which you alluded to there is definitely um and that's a different dynamic again if you own 20 stores correct. versus the guy that owns a quick spot 100 <laughs> percent know that quite well my brother and i own a little quick spot and we we small and small fry compared to the rest but uh it helps me understand what the retailers need and, and yeah. it's been quite good so going back to 2012 when we pitched the idea uh, over a, uh, Bruce suggested I go have a, a couple of hunts while I enjoy my turkey and think about it because it would mean I'd have to leave Amano and process sales which I, which was a, I pulled the heartstrings a bit because I really did love the business and enjoyed mm. the family um, owned business environment that, that Paul often and, 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 and did for us um, but I definitely saw it as the right opportunity for, for me at the time so it was, I was employee number one in January 2012 um, I just turned 40 then so it was 10 years ago and um, we are we um, we then set off and we said how are we going to get a national footprint so we went to Joburg initially and we and we, we dealt with a business called PSG that owned two businesses one was called Frontline one was called Ansel and they were shareholders there we when Teagle then became the acquisition partner to buy out the share and split the businesses in half so the one business went to Branded using the Aquila water example they took Aquila okay. and then the one Teagle merchandising services as we called ourselves then became the business that did only private label, which everyone thought we were crazy. How could you possibly build a business around just private mm-hmm. label, just spa brands? Uh, and obviously then we need, need to also go and approach a whole lot of principals that also, and there Graham Carson came into, into, into the equation. He helped out saying that this has become a dedicated model. Like everything, a spa is voluntary, but it's you need to make it compelling. So so we had to, um, and the way to do that was to A, build a structure nationally. So we bought the business in Joburg, which looked after South Rand and North Rand and Lofelt centralized in Joburg um, a leader Peterson headed up that area to start with uh, and then we went to Cape Town it was a business called Plantation Group a guy Johannes Pina and we um, we bought that business in its entirety and kept Johannes on as we did with the in- inland business which was it was bought 100% um, so then we had three we had four DCs now running round about that was about mid 2012 um, KZN really had a business called SMS, a guy Carl Van Veek, who, who was a retailer and also understood Spark quite well. So we went into a, a JV with him and we had to split the businesses between private label and and, and branded mm-hmm. business. Um, Eastern Cape, slight anomaly in that um, we still are a shareholder with, with, with Gail Henderson Marketing, but she's a doyen of the Eastern Cape. Her dad, Trippy Henderson, ran Eastern Cape DC, basically. He was he was a sort of pioneer in that, in that regard and Gail's been fantastic for us. So that was quite an easy fit in that her business really was just doing spa brands anyway 99% so her model was, was spot on with ours and been a great partner uh, for us um, so within a year we'd managed to buy or acquire or or, uh, or create a national footprint just doing spa just doing spa brands not making a lot of money in those days but but certainly um, the vision was starting to come into, into place um, our, our major backing brands were out of Montego Africa who was a partner and the other other partner was PSG at the time um, and why I'd worked for Montego Africa or for Bruce and, and Anthony at the time was that they now had a dedicated business running where they were called the sort of the major contributor to the basket so they still contribute at least 50% of our at that stage actually a lot more to our revenue uh, but they were getting the focus they were getting mm-hmm. a dedicated team they were um, not without any tension and and, and, and challenges that always always will be in and every day in retail we have that so that's 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 natural but we were able to provide more solutions now because we were we were dedicated and, and focused um, so as, as 
as we grew that, we also needed to grow our revenue. So we had to go to the likes of Woodlands Foods, who uh, we've also been with us since the early days, uh, Tina's, Tina's Pretorius, who, who, who partnered with us, fortunately. And, and that's the UHT Milk, which is a big mm-hmm. a, a big skew, as I'm sure every household will know. They keep that in their pantry. And um, we got them on board. Then we had to go to across all, all, all the suppliers. So we've probably got now, from those days, end of 2012, 2013, maybe we had... 15 principles we now got about 60 okay that look after spa brands that now use us but you know, i'm always the, the belief that if someone's going to join us we need to add value back and whilst we're not perfect we're certainly going to try our best to, to sort things out and and have a team similarly we also need to grow a number of people we would have had you know a handful of reps and merchandisers in the early days and that's had to grow a lot along as as we built the business and as we as we as, as we built as we built um the sales and so forth um so certainly the first two or three years was was quite was a real challenge and a struggle just because trying to get this vision on board. But it started to go get a bit of a, a bit of momentum and, and critical mass and started to produce some results and started to make a bit of a profit and started to, to, to the model started to come into play. And at that point in time, that private equity partner, PSG, were also going in their own path in a way in that they were more branded business. They bought a business logic code Swaziland and they had a whole lot of branded stuff. So there was definitely a bit of a, uh, an amicable parting of ways. So Wayne Hook was the CEO of Spa at the time, and which had determined Spa then bought that share out, which made complete sense because you've now got the partner invested into a business mm. that's dedicated to looking after the retailers, as you suggested earlier, Holger. It's all about the retailer looking after him, and that's where we play. But now with Spa owning and having a vested interest, it, it gave us a, a, a real um, ability to to continue to drive that agenda so yeah that's and that I mean that relationship then became different I guess yeah and, and they've been great partners they, they haven't got involved uh, in an uh, in a um, they've seen us as an entrepreneur business entrepreneurial business okay. as well so you'll see even our offices as much as we part of spa we still believe that we have our own identity and we mm. want to be entrepreneurial we want to grow and develop our people and it's about it's about that and it's not necessarily just about um um we aspire fairly corporate for, 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 for obvious reasons. They're they're a big business, so yeah. they, they, we, 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 they've allowed us to continue that entrepreneurial type of um, um, approach, which has been good uh, and, and been, been good partners. So the relationship changed mainly positively, uh, and, um, and and then I'll sort of elaborate on a few other developments as we go along. Mm. So the, you cover the areas where the DC co- covers. So I mean, I believe the DC goes into let's say Namibia. Correct. So you cover those areas? Spot on, and Botswana. Okay. So they, to sort of clarify those, Holger from Western Cape, and they look after Namibia. Yeah. So our Western Cape team have got a team of sales and merchandising guys based in Bantuk. We put in a team of about close to 20 there now, geographically okay. spread out, obviously, but uh, but you need people in country to, to understand the culture and, mm. and understand the retailers as well. Um, so again, those products will come out of the Western Cape DC into into Bintuk, Wolfers Bay, Swakopmund, up north. Similar for Botswana, that comes from the North Rand, um, DC. They deliver there. And they deliver there. There you've got a guy, Franz Juster, who owns the majority of the stores, and and, and the Bensel Group own a handful of stores as well. So we've got an in-country team uh, there as well. Those areas have still got scope to grow further because we have got cross-border challenges. Mm. Uh, and, and, and as the sales grow, our resources can grow as well. Uh, okay. A you know, little bit of stuff in Swaziland and in Mozambique out of Lofelt as well. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. A few handful of stores, maybe 15 in, 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 in Swaziland. Mozambique, a lot of it depending on trade and cross-border 
opportunities, but there are some stores okay. in Mozambique as well. Um, yeah, and we, we divide our business the same way. So our KZN team looks after the, the KZN distribution center, deals with their, their, their exec team, their marketing team, their retail ops team, um, and we cover the stores the same. So we remodeled that our reps would call from Cozy Bay through Tantata to Newcastle, and we divide ourselves up much much the same way. So, and, and just like Spy, your head office is also here. Yeah, Durban, as I said from day one. <laughs> when we moved back, it wasn't going to change. Uh, luckily, it's still in Durban, um, and we have got offices around the country set yeah. up the same way. And if I jump on a plane rather than and, and live here, so all good. Yeah. Okay, so your business doesn't get involved in the sourcing now. Yeah, just that's a, more the implementing. It's a good question, Holger. Yeah, and I think a lot of confusion happens yeah. around that. So maybe that'll actually that question can take us to where the next developments happened within the group. Um, so when Tegle Africa, Bruce and Anthony had built a fantastic business around sourcing and 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 yeah. getting product. Whether they had to go to Argentina to source um, UHT milk or, or Poland to get uh, frozen veg or whatever it is, they they would either source internationally or locally. Always with a bias towards local because we that was the sort of thing, the sort of uh, value we look for. Um, but there was two businesses there: Montegal Africa that did the international procuring, and then Montegal Africa that did the local procuring. Um, so their route to market, or if we talk about a supply chain, they would they would source a product, which means deal with a, a cherry farmer in Fixburg whose main business was farming cherries, not dealing with DCs, mm. and they would go and provide the packaging, give them. Um, a demand forecast, procure the product from the, the cherry farmer and then supply it to the six distribution centers. Similarly, they might also partner with businesses like Road Food, Road's Foods, who have their own brand but wanted to supply baked beans under the private label but under a different vendor, which would have been Montegal Africa okay. in those days. So, so they're the vendor, not Road's Food? Yeah, they're the vendor, correct. Mm. So the, that vendoring business grew significantly um, and um, Montegal Africa then had a, probably close to 100 vendors and a lot of where I thought they had a lot of value where maybe people didn't understand it so much is that they managed to to look after the supply chain for the retailer so took that tassel off their back they would make sure that some of those businesses if you can put into perspective had kind of a cash flow issue so they bankrolled a lot of the businesses they'd made sure that they would pay it up front and to secure if you're not mm. food security is something people don't really fully appreciate in this country and, and how fragile it is so, so I think they played a massive role in making sure those smaller second and third tier suppliers were paid, were able to produce uh, and offer the private label offering, which was still quality, had all the compliance in place, had all the packaging in place. So um, played a huge role in, 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 in getting that right and, 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 and took it very seriously and, and, and as, as you should. Um, so the vendoring and the procuring and the sourcing was, was done by Montegal Africa and, and International. And they had also the team of Kia Kant guys that would deal with the DCs, Put trade trading deals in place, put promotions in place, help us activate um, the brand and store. You needed to treat spa brands like a brand. Mm. If you're going to be in the cereal category and you're up against um, Kellogg's Cornflakes and you've got a spa brand Cornflakes, you need to activate it. You need to treat it like a brand. Um, and we did a lot of that. And our teams worked together in conjunction, with, not with arts challenges, but certainly with a lot of um, opportunities and successes as well to grow those categories uh, within, within, within spa. Um, but to, to take it to the next steps in the group and the developments that happened there is um, what, what the shareholders want Teagle then looked to sell out or Montegle as, as a shareholder looked to sell out out of the um, business and Spa then took their share over and that's where um, Bruce's, Bruce, Bruce's business now changed from Montegle Africa to 
to spy Encore, or Encore as it's known, own brand, own identity. Again, a great move because it's a dedicated business to look after SPAR, look after its private label from from gate to plate or from farm mm. to fork, whatever you want to call it, and they and they, and they, and they manage that. And, and, we, and we being an, a, a wholly owned business by Encore, well, not wholly owned, owned by SPAR and Encore, essentially 75% owned by SPAR now, but the same thing, offering a sustainable solution in-store that, that looks after looks after the, um, the retailer ultimately. And... Um, that's been a growth, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I've seen, I've noticed in my shopping basket mm. that there's more and more spa yeah. labels in my basket. Good. And uh, that sometimes the packaging is superior to yep. to the branded stuff. Yeah. Good especially point. those, uh, I don't know what you call those. It's called Illo Pack, yeah. It's, 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 those it's beautiful packs. Lovely packaging, yeah, for sure. Um, spot on. Where, where you're starting, and sometimes it's even more expensive than True. than the than the branded stuff, and but still you prefer to take that. Hundred percent. So the whole idea behind Spa Brand wasn't necessarily about being cheap and nasty and, yeah. and, a, and a no-name brand. It was yeah. meant to be a brand. The packaging was well thought out for the consumer, added value back to the consumer because that kind of packaging. You're talking about Ella Pack. You can put multiple things, and we I think we've had rice in there. Yes. We've had uh, all at least of that packaging. You could still keep it locked away and 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 and, and stored fresh, which was really value yeah. ultimately at the end of the day. So the business also started an entity called Montpac in those days, uh, and is now with with Montegal being bought out as, as as part of the Encore Packaging Group, and they equally like we do look after retailers. Uh, the packaging part of the business looks after the suppliers and helps will buy on volume on their behalf on print runs. Okay. Spot. So you, the economies of scale start coming into play. Mm. I think that ultimately is always trying to drive value back to the retailer because we've got to make sure we're being responsible to the retailer. We make sure we're giving him the right product, the right product that his consumer can buy. If the retailer is successful, we can be successful. Mm. We, know, we know they have their challenges. I know firsthand now. So there, there, is, um, there is value that needs to be thought out. And I'm a big believer in responsible, let's, have, let's be responsible to the retailer if we're going to give them a product. And a lot of what we do is engage, we work on range products. So we might have um, 2,000 SKUs, but our sales guys need to understand that certain products, I don't know, where do you, you shop? You live in Hillcrest? What's your, what spa would you shop at? Oh, yeah. Cliff. Cliff, <laughs> Cliff Maytime. And in the quick spas as well? Do you, or do you, any, any, any Cliff? Yeah, Hillcrest quick spa. Yeah. Exactly. So Hillcrest quick spa say versus the, Cliff Super Spa, there's different ranges yeah. that apply. And our reps need to go in there when they're selling, or our sales guys need to go in there selling and they need to understand what the retailers. Um, a quick spa format can only take so many yeah. products and it has so much range. So to be responsible to retailer, we really work hard on the range, really want to make sure we're putting a product that will sell for home uh, and, and adds value. So glad you're saying you're putting more and more spa brands in your product. That means like they're stocking it correctly and, and you're getting value. Um, yeah, so I think the the journey's taken us a, a, a long way, and and we're Encore now being owned by Spars, so starting to really add value back, and their responsibility to look after that supply chain is is, is key, and our responsibility to look after retail is also important. So it's come a long way. Um, from the engaged business now, what it's allowed us to do though is is to say, well, okay, we we've got the cornerstone of the business being the spa brands, which we look after, and that yeah. that, that adds value back to DC and adds value to retail and hopefully consumer. But we also saw an opportunity to to create two additional uh, divisions, um, which we're going to launch in the new year but a bit more formally, because we ultimately sell our people as opposed to a product which looks after the products. Um, so the one area that had had scope or had um, uh, um, definitely an opportunity we saw was Tops, and us being close to all the stores and Tops being closely located, um, 
with the help of Mark Robinson and a guy Clint Nicholson who joined us, who had a lot of tops experience. Um, we, we, we delved into the, the top space with DC um, supplied suppliers or DC housed suppliers, okay. the likes of Distel, Heineken, uh, Puno Ricard, um, and, and a few others that we kicked off with. And there, there we're focusing primarily on, on on flow and merchandising and categories and, 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 and shelf availability. A lot of the, those companies slow their own sales reps, but we work a hand, hand in hand with them to make sure that, 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 that and it was an area that was wasn't really been um, ignored, I guess, largely. I think a lot of guys went, you know, they could sell into tops, but they weren't necessarily looking after the shelf part of it. And and, and we've actively got involved partnering with Spa and with the Catman team a bit more to get to get that flow right, to make sure that the housewife who's shopping can find her, her products easily, because that's yeah. typically the, the market we're talking about. Uh, and um, that's been going for about three years now. Um, okay. Yeah, adding huge value, and 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 will continue to add value uh, as as we grow. One of the areas we're looking at to in the new year is the wine category. Just tidying that up, making it a bit easier for for the consumer uh, to identify with branded lines, private labels plays a smaller role, and even your local people. I think Spa must continue to support local wherever possible. You know, you and, and I think that's part of the success of the model. Yeah. You know, so we don't want to be too prescriptive. We want to be able to give a general. Um, oh, I think the right thing is to give some leadership as to what's required, but ultimately still leave a little bit of um, support for the local people who live important those local. If you take guys in Stellenbosch, you've got their consumers and they've got wine growers and planters around them. They they simply need to find their products in the, in the tops as well. So yeah. I, I think that's... Uh, I like that, that you call it leadership rather than dictatorship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the right way to do it. I think in the spa model, it's all about that, persuasive for the right reasons. Yeah. And, and I think okay. that's, that's key to it. So tops has had its challenges this last year. I mean, we've, um, we, we employ now, currently our total business is employing over 1,200 people. And in the top space, about three or 400, some of it shared with the, with the retail stores because it makes sense. Okay. Some of it's dedicated just depending on, 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 on the arrangements. Um, and with lockdown and with, um, you know, some periods where tops were closed entirely, you know, we had some tough decisions. Do we, can we keep our people on board or or do we put them on short time or do we retrench for a period of time? I mean, obviously it has an impact on profit because our revenue dried up completely, but we still had our people and our costs. And I think that's where, you know, we had some tough decisions to face. And, and, and fortunately, with the shareholders and partners we have in the business, we, we, we took people first as opposed to profit. And mm. we managed to keep everyone employed. No one was on short time. No one had any, any no retrenchments. And you know, we must have lost close to over 90 days worth of trade, I guess, over that 18 months period. And then we still, no, no one lost any pay whatsoever. Yeah. So something we're very proud of and that, that we've put people first and managed to. And hopefully that continues. Well, hopefully things just stay open and <laughs> they'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, it might just stay open for for this season, eh? Yeah, we hope, we so. hope so. We hope so. But those things are out of our control. What we can control is is, is the decisions we make. And and yeah. um, it's also taken us along an interesting journey, which is we've done with our, our team over this last year, just about cementing our values and what we stand for as as, as a business. And we've looked at it quite internally as a management team or a leadership team, with the help of a lady Sarah who works for a company called Apple Tree. She's done some work with the leadership and coaching and culture and and we felt we needed to develop our own culture and our own identity because you know we've shifted this business a lot from what was a sales and merchandising business uh, old agency sort of mentality where you're normally the bottom of the chain and getting cucked on the whole time to yeah. let us take let us give leadership but we need to give leadership to our people first so with our management team and being geographically spread you know, businesses in Cape Town and and Nelspreet and and what have you we could we got quite a diverse culture but we wanted to embrace that and, and, and but still have some identity 
so we went we, we went on the lines of, of of building some values and often you know writing on the wall means something but it needs to be entrenched in people but it needs to start with that so our values are around uh, engage with purpose um, lead with passion and grow with our partners so that those are three kind of payoff lines as our values which we, we feel resonate to a our team our people and, and hopefully our, our partners uh, if we can grow our partners and they grow and, and we grow uh, and that's that's really the mindset we wanted to create yeah wow that's that's really um, it takes us behind the scenes where where you don't really get to have a look um, and, and even understand half the time that that all this big structure exists there sure yeah um, you pick up your product on the shelf at your, your <laughs> cliff spa you don't realize what goes on behind the yeah. scenes I guess yeah yeah very very interesting thanks Sean yeah um, and now for the future yeah the next division which which because I said there were three so we had mm-hmm. the, the retail division we've had the, the top one which is gone and the one that we're really excited about in the new year which will be our, our third leg uh, is, is the fresh team okay. um, so if you think about spa each store's got great you know, home meal replacement offering or fresh deli offerings and some do better than others uh, but no doubt it's, it's it's an important area that needs to um, that, that the retailers need help with as well from a solution point of view concept point of view it's an area that, that retailers make profit but also face things like wastage and shrinkage um, so we're looking to put in a dedicated um, team called uh, Engage Fresh which we've really got by and large because we do a lot of back of house product which is the food services or food solutions type of thing but we wanted to and we'll launch it in the new year so I can't give away too much yet just to say that it's coming and it is, is exciting space uh, for us it, it, it does give us an identity and um, just look at our team that looks after retail still got our team that looks after tops and we'll have our team that looks after the fresh space uh, which will be butchery bakery uh, produce food solutions uh, deli all those type of exciting mm-hmm. things so yeah excited about the future I must say yeah but I mean there's already been changed because you can see as you walk into the newer mm. spas you can recognize there's a there's a pattern and there's a strategy behind sure. it exactly is exactly. that again your leadership yeah and spas I mean spa recognize that as well and I, th- I think ultimately leadership to to retailers is, is, is about making sure you're responsible to them mm. first which means c- can we can we give some direction and concepts and as you say you really picked it up looking into the, into mm. the stores there's still a lot of work to be done there um and a lot of good work that is really happening, uh, but an exciting space, and, and I think something that um, everyone can benefit from. Hopefully, the consumers are ultimately be getting fresh product that they can find readily available, that's appropriate to to, to their markets or, or the consumers. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, exciting year ahead. As you, as you say, you've just walked into our offices. We've just redone them with our values everywhere, and uh, yeah, all, all new and ready to roll. So we we. We fresh for, for a new start new year and looking for an exciting one yeah and uh, a little bit about the 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 store that you've invested yeah. in good 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 question i'll take you to it now for your time hopefully um so my brother jamie he's worked for spa for about 20 years he worked at spa north rand and then south rand okay. in joburg so they lived in joburg for a number of years um in the retail operations side uh, so he's a lot of spa experience, a lot of, and he was at a retail director level, so exec level for both those DCs. Then he got an opportunity to go across to Sri Lanka with his family to open up Spa Sri Lanka, which he did in around about 2015, 2016, I think it was. Um, yeah, I did a great job, great adventure for them as a family and started Spa, spa Sri Lanka. <laughs> I went to visit a few times and enjoyed the beaches and the and the, the curries and the beer. So it's a good good place to visit. If anyone gets a chance, it's well worth the visit. Um, 
yeah, and he did, he did a great job putting the foundations in place for for for, for Sri Lanka, and he was seconded there for about three or four years, and then came back to KZN, like all of us, being Gates and Bees, having our roots in Durban, so come back home, which was cool. Uh, and we joined the DC again, and then then we were looking actively for. He, he was quite keen to get into the store himself. Okay. So, um, Colvin Vick, the very same guy we were involved with SMS a few years ago, he bought Spa Port Shepson, uh, looking for a, a, a bigger store, moving to a super spa. So, he bought Harbour View, uh, and this uh, Ridge Quick Spa came in the market. Um, so, Jamie's a major shareholder. I'm a, I'm a minor shareholder, just as, as an interest. I'm not operationally involved. I've got a lot of other stuff to look after here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've had it just over a year. Yeah, lots of learnings. I think the insights for me have been great that it's given me a bit more insight into what retailers really do yeah. need, even albeit on a smaller scale, but still understanding things like cash flow, range, support, promotion, all these all these good things. Cash yeah. flow, <laughs> the biggest one we've learning. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we're just revamping our tops, which uh, which hopefully will come online shortly. And uh, Center's looking good. Jamie's wife, Sally's now got involved in the business and she's doing great things there. So okay. yeah, a real... Real sort of good spa family story there, and we're hoping hoping for for more success with it. Uh, yeah, so it's given me some great insights, and also looking forward to a good year for Jamie and Sally ahead, and and, and my involvement will be mainly support and yeah. in interest too. Okay, well, thank you. It's 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 certainly fascinating and gives me an insight. I mean, we've I've worked with with so many top stores over the last sure. nearly thirty years, and uh, it just gives us a completely different picture from. From your view. Thank you for that. Pleasure. That was Sean Gatenby. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.